This is In the Know for Monday, April 12th, the 102nd day of 2021. There are 263 days left in the year. Good morning, MB, guiding you through In the Know at K105. On Litchfield's Country Station, 1039 The Moose, live online at K105.com. Via the Apple and Android smartphone app, using the SoundCloud or iTunes podcast on Facebook. Watch on YouTube Live on Periscope. And the hashtag is In the Know coming up today. We get back together again after spring break away. We'll update you on the latest news headlines from around the community, the county, the commonwealth, and the country. And lots of things to catch up on, exciting things that are of note. We'll have that and a whole lot more coming up today here on In the no, he's the five-time winner of the coveted Ohio NewsHawk Award, two-time Silver Sound nominee, covering every corner of the globe, Washington, London, Moscow, and even James D. Bevel City Park. It's Sam Gormley and the sports. Morning, Sam. Morning, Ralph. How you doing? I'm here. <laughs> We're all here. We, uh, we made it from... Uh, uh, a week of being out of our routine, but uh, you did something last week. What you got to call? Uh, what multiple games at James D. Bevel City Park? Yeah, we did two at the, and, at the, and, at the complex. I yeah, I did, we did two uh, game. Uh, they played Paris and they played Christian Academy of Louisville. It was it was interesting. I really paid the price for it on Saturday. Is I think the mix of all the pollen that's in the air and then the mm-hmm. mix of softball dirt and yeah. Saturday I was kind of down for the count because of just a. Mix of everything. I saw a meme yesterday that said, Welcome to Louisville, Kentucky. You'll love it here if you like everything yellow. Because mm-hmm. that's where pollen, this time of year, pollen is just uh, everywhere you look. Beach is out today. So we say good morning to. Uh, he may be number 101 on your scanner, but he's number one in your hearts. He's Grayson County Sheriff Norman Chaffins. Morning, Sheriff. It's Monday. It's Monday. Uh, it's Monday after a spring break, and schools are back in session, and everyone's decided they've got to get back to uh to work, yes? Yes. Uh, I, I know you're busy this morning. Thanks for coming in, especially short notice. Yes, sir. My pleasure. Uh, I'm going to – you had some uh, big doings last week at the fiscal court meeting that I'm going to ask you about later on the show, if that's okay with you. Yes. Uh, Beej is on assignment today. So for those of you that uh, may or may not know, uh, she had eye surgery on Thursday of last week. And so uh, things went uh, wonderfully well. It uh, happened at the uh, UK Chandler Medical Center in Lexington. And so she uh, recovered beautifully. The surgery went well. She's just not quite ready to be back on camera uh, this morning. And so I asked the sheriff if he would come in and fill in. And you said, uh, you said absolutely. So thanks for, uh, thanks for doing that. Uh, last week's weather felt like spring break. This week's weather is not going to feel like spring break. We'll see rain showers develop and return later to uh, tonight and into tomorrow. We'll see highs overall this week with average below normal of 68 degrees. We'll see uh, 70 is the high today. Showers develop late tonight, a low of 49. Rain chance at uh, 40% for tomorrow with scattered showers and a high of 67 is what you can expect. So uh, getting back to send the routine and kind of some of the headlines, the latest COVID-19 numbers. Uh, 900 new COVID cases in Kentucky, 27 deaths. Positivity rate is up. Hospitalizations are down. 871 new COVID-19 cases confirmed. 
uh, between Saturday and Sunday. 505 Saturday, 366 on Sunday. 27 new coronavirus-related deaths were reported yesterday, and the rolling seven-day positivity rate rose from Friday's 2.79 to 3.08 as of yesterday. The victims, uh, patients on ventilators, declined by nine people to 51 as of yesterday. So uh, continuing to keep an eye on uh, COVID-19 totals and current incidence rates in Kentucky. Grayson County creeping back up uh, closer to 20 at a 17.3 rating, and in the Orange, as of yesterday's map. Uh, also in other headlines, two Litchfield men have been arrested, one after pointing a gun at an off-duty jail staff member. Two uh, Litchfield men, one accused of pointing a gun at an off-duty Grayson County Detention Center staff member, and the other possessing uh, multiple drugs have been arrested. Saturday night, just before 6, the Grayson County Deputy Sean Fentress and Sergeant Fred Norder, along with Constable Mark Stanton, responded to the 5600 block of St. Paul Road after developing information that 46-year-old Jamie Felty, wanted for pointing a gun at the head of a GCDC employee, was at the residence. The um, the ve- the person was in the vehicle with 52-year-old Timothy Clemens, who claimed to be his brother. Police, though, immediately saw that uh, they were not being um, told correct information. So through further investigation, police located heroin in the vehicle, resulting in Clemens' arrest. In addition to the warrant, Felty was charged with possession of controlled substance and giving an officer a false name and possession of drug paraphernalia. Uh, also, upon being presented at the detention center for booking, staff members discovered methamphetamine hidden on his person. So uh, two counts of possession of a controlled substance, promoting contraband, and etc. A Falls of Rough Man is facing multiple charges after leading police on a pursuit from the Western Kentucky Parkway into McLean County. State police said that on Friday afternoon, just before 2, officers observed an 07 Toyota traveling east on the parkway at a high rate of speed near Central City. They attempted to stop the vehicle, but a 20-year-old Michael Blaylock, the driver, refused to stop as the suspect uh, continued east on the parkway. Blaylock then exited at the Central City uh, exit and fled into McLean County, where he lost control of the Toyota and traveled off the road and overturned. He was airlifted to Ascension St. Vincent Hospital in Evansville with non-life-threatening injuries, and the investigation is continuing into that incident. A Kentucky judge on Friday temporarily blocked uh, applying some of the state's pandemic-related restrictions to several restaurants and breweries challenging the governor's actions. Scott County Circuit Judge Brian Privett said in his narrowly uh, narrowly tailored order that the rights of those businesses have been harmed by the restrictions. His order applies only to the handful of businesses challenging the coronavirus-related orders by Governor Bashir. He said it does not affect every business in the Commonwealth or schools or masks or any other issue. It only states that under the law, these specific businesses' rights have and continue to suffer harm, and they should be relieved under the current state of the law. An odd an odd ruling where he says, I'm going to protect the people who are in my jurisdiction or my perspective, but the rest of you are on your own. I'm not going to go to bat for you with the governor and take on the governor's orders for those people that I don't know. But for those are people who are here in the county, then yes, I'll rule on, uh, I'll rule in your favor. So I don't know what to, I don't know what to expect. I don't know how the governor's office will respond to that, but uh, an interesting take from 
the judge there. All right. What else do you have to know about this morning? <laughs> the Kentucky Unemployment Insurance System was uh, shuttered for four days going back to, I think, Friday. It's a four-day system shutdown. It ran through midnight Thursday and is scheduled to reopen today. That's according to uh, hometown girl Amy Cubbage, the governor's general counsel. State officials suspect that individuals or criminal enterprises have attempted to hack into the system's customer data. During the shutdown over the weekend, claimants will be unable were unable to file new claims or request benefits. She said they hated to do that, but um, to make things more difficult. But the criminals are relentless and they will not stop. So they're trying to get control of what was already a mess, but then a system that people are taking advantage of, and it's just further clogging the process. We still know people who have legitimate unemployment insurance claims here in April of 2021 that have never been processed going back into uh, last year. So it can be extremely frustrating for people who have uh, legitimate concerns over unemployment insurance. We had several people in our community that got hit on that, several. Over this... Uh, unemployment. Uh, people have been filing, and, and people that haven't filed for unemployment, their names have been, they've been receiving letters from the state saying that someone filed unemployment in their names. And we simply don't. I mean, we don't have the resources to. Even the state doesn't have resources sure. to combat these people. So, well, and I'm wondering. I mean, they know better than I do, but I hope that whatever they needed to do, they were able to get accomplished in the four day shutdown, and that the experience going forward will be different or or better. But like you say, I mean, in an identity uh, theft type of situation, which that basically is, where does that get handed off to, sheriff? Eventually, where does that go? Well, I mean, the the victim. I mean the the victim is actually the state of Kentucky. And so, you know, they, the, our governor has been touting this new fraud unit with unemployment insurance. So I've just been referring people to the fraud unit with unemployment, but then right. again, you can't get into it. can't talk to anyone. Well, it's like um, with everything in our world, everything is so connected in a digital and cyber world that there are so many new challenges like uh, cyber defense of our nation or, you know, there's just a new, there's just com a lot of new threats that we didn't envision even 20 years ago that we're, we've kind of been slow to fund and create solutions to some really unique problems. Many of us, because our legislators maybe just don't fully understand the true threat that we face. Um, and because it's it's a daunting task, you know, to try and figure out and comes up uh, come up with and solutions it's ever changing to problems. Too. That's that's right. There's um, I saw a piece on sixty minutes last night that they were talking about the Fed, all the banks, all the the uh, in the Federal Reserve in the banking system. I mean, there are attacks every day. I mean, they have to ward off attacks every day from around the globe, and that's just in that sector. So imagine you know other places that are facing this as well. A Calhoun man has been charged with murder, first-degree assault, and several other charges following a state police investigation into a three-vehicle crash in McLean County that claimed three lives, including a toddler. State police arrested 24-year-old Dylan Howard and charged him with three counts of murder, first-degree assault, first-degree wanton endangerment, DUI, first-degree criminal abuse, trafficking and controlled substance, theft of motor vehicle registration. He is being held in the Davis County Detention Center on a $100,000 cash bond. The crash occurred on the morning of March 18th, uh, four miles north of Calhoun, just south of the Davis County line. And so um, charges have been filed in that particular case. What a, a real 
tragedy over an idiotic mistake that someone can make. The state police have a new commissioner. As of uh, late Friday, Governor Bashir announced that the appointment of interim state police commissioner Colonel Philip Burnett Jr. as KSP's permanent commissioner. He, uh, the governor said, I believe in Commissioner uh, Burnett's ability to lead KSP into the future. He's already working to increase recruitment and create a more diverse workforce. Sheriff, you obviously have a lot of uh, seat time in uh, the Kentucky State Police. It's where you spent um, most of your uh, law enforcement professional life. Do you know Colonel Burnett? Yes, I worked with, well, I didn't work alongside him, but he was a trooper when I was a trooper as well. So, um, from what I know about him, he's a really good guy, and I think that uh, he will lead KSP as long as, uh, you know, in the direction, I guess, that uh, Governor Bashir wants it led. Very good. Uh, I was surprised to learn this morning, Sam, that there's still football being played in the state of Kentucky. Yeah, FCS. Yeah, and I had just completely, when that got canceled and uh, the FBS said well we'll delay our season or we'll change our season and it came and went i thought well okay well football is over until the fall but a lot of those schools who are playing at the fcs level they push their seasons to the spring and so when i saw the headline i thought is this an old story jacksonville state defeated murray state earning an fcs playoff berth and I thought, football scores? How do we have a football score in April? But we do. Well, I was reading, there was a conversation on Twitter. Somebody was saying that ESPN's dropping the ball because they could have played, put that game on ESPN yesterday at 2 o'clock. I guess it would be competing with the Masters. But for those that don't care about the Masters, you probably would have turned on the Jacksonville State-Murray State game, even though that you probably had no real rooting interest in the game for an average fan. But it would have been something that people are saying that ESPN really dropped the ball. But did you see that? Eddie George is now the head coach at Tennessee State. I they did see announced that. that yesterday. There's another wow. FCS. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to get Deion Sanders there down at. I think he's at like Jackson State or something along the lines. Of you that. know, it's I, I um, when I see Deion Sanders and I see Eddie George and I think those guys aren't old enough to be football coaches <laughs> because <laughs> I, I look at them as being too young. They're too young to be fo- head football coaches, and then I think, oh wait, no, we we are <laughs> we are plenty old enough to be. Uh, to be football That'll coaches. help with gr- recruitment as well. It absolutely sure. will. And the connection is interesting that the Tennessee State marching band always performed at Titans games during the era that Eddie George was playing for the Titans. So it just it's almost like it was a recruitment by Tennessee State at that time. Like, Eddie, come be our future uh, Come be our future head football coach. The girls' Sweet 16 wrapped up in Lexington on Saturday in the semifinal. First semifinal of the day, Sacred Heart defeated Anderson County 63-53, to and Marshall County defeated Henderson County 50-33. to Then in the championship game, so Sam, was it a foul or was it not a foul? <laughs> no comment. I'm not getting into this. You're not. Uh, it. Uh, it's so tough because it's one of those things that, we can watch the replay. We have the benefit of seeing the replay and watching it four or five times to make a decision. But when you're seeing it live, it's it's so hard to – probably should have been a foul. It Well, here's the argument uh, that I think we can guarantee is true. That would have been a foul in the first half second of the game. It would have been a foul pretty much in every other minute of the game except the last minute. Except of the for game. the last minute when the whistles get swallowed and it turns into you know throwing elbows now, would, and things like Marshall that. Would Marshall County have made both free throws? Who knows? But it's hard hard to know. Plus, I think, uh, but I think people are just saying, well, Sacred Heart, this is will be their fifth in a row. 
So it was kind of a foregone conclusion that they were going to win. That added a little bit of uh, insult well, to I know injury. I was talking with Mr. Spirit, and he was cheering for them because he knows their coach very well. He okay. was speaking that he really was hoping that she would win. Is there a coach he doesn't know well? That's kind of what I, mean. I thought. He, I thought Touché. he knew all coaches. Yeah, we have the luxury of, of to look at it the next day or in, in uh-huh. slow motion. You do know that I'm ref in high school basketball now. Right? I had heard a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so how's that going? It's. It, I enjoyed it. It. I told them that I did not want to do any Grayson County games. However, I did one or two JV games. So girls. Yeah. So. But it's going good. I enjoy it. It keeps I, me in shape. I, I will tell you that when I was, I guess, 20 years ago, and I considered, well, I don't know if I'm going to stay involved in um, high school football broadcasting, but I would like to have a crew of guys and officiate high school football games because, you know, something to do on Friday nights, you know, 10 or 12 uh, weeks a year and just kind of enjoy that way to stay involved. But the, one of the reasons that football officiating was so much more appealing to me is because the fans are way up in the stands, whereas in basketball they're breathing down your neck. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. And your general person doesn't really understand the game of football as much as. But in Kentucky. Not if ev- you ask them. Yeah, well, <laughs> sure, but they, but they really don't. But in basketball, everyone is an expert. On a double dribble and a charge and a everything. Over the back. So, oh yeah, yeah. That's, um, it's so. it's 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 been interesting. I've I've learned the rules a lot more and realized I was I was it, one of it, those fans that kind of yelled sometimes. And I was some, like, well, I'm gonna put my money where my mouth is. I'm gonna do it and see how this works. Sometimes JV parents are more ruthless. Than oh, I'm telling you, it's too. been crazy. <laughs> I did a sixth grade game. It was the same way. Not <laughs> well, uh, sheriff. You you have always had to be pretty thick skinned. Uh, in your, you know, in your profession, in your career, because if you've got thin skin, you won't last oh, very yeah. long doing what you do. So you're one of the few people that probably are really qualified to be uh, a basketball or high school basketball referee because you know just to let stuff go. Yeah, I take uh, a lot more than the older refs do. I'll tell you that. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, Hideki Matsuyama won the Masters to become the first Japanese male to win a major and the first Japanese Masters champion. Uh, it was an exciting tournament. I really thought Xander Shoffley, uh, headed to the 16T, was going to make it interesting before he went in the drink and basically just sealed things for Matsuyama. So it's going to be good for the game of golf uh, globally. And so um, that uh, I, I did very well. The Zalatoris story was the story of the tournament for me, seeing him uh, being the young man there who was uh, playing so well, and he had a shot there at the end. And Martin Truex wins the race at Martinsville on the paperclip, as they call it. It was a race that started on Saturday evening and then got uh, rain-delayed after about 40 laps or so, and then they finished it up yesterday afternoon. So congratulations to Martin Truex, Jr., the winner of the race yesterday at Martinsville. So there you go. All caught up. Got to get to a break. You come back. Got plenty more on the way. Hang around here on In the Know. Today is Walk on Your Wild Side Day today means probably something a little different for everyone, depending upon who they are. It's only child day today, and it is grilled cheese sandwich Mm. day today. My grandma's favorite. 
She loves grilled, grilled she cheese loved, sandwich. She loved a grilled cheese sandwich and tomato soup. Yeah. It was kind of like her, I had a bad day, and this oh. is kind of how I'm going to so that's where turn she it around. where the comforting comes from. Mm-hmm. I have not, you know, a few weeks ago I said that I didn't really like your boring run-of-the-mill grilled cheese sandwich, um, but... I just I think you need something cheesier than maybe craft singles and just bread. It it leave it's it's underwhelming to me. But with the proper panini press and the right bread and the right cheeses, I really think you can, you know, up your up your grilled cheese game. What, panini press? Do you what, have a panini press, Mark? I do have a panini press. That figures. <laughs> you're you're anti panini press? Well, I mean, I just never heard of an ant or a panini press. Really? It's ha- too hard to say, by the way. <laughs> have you ever had a panini? Is is that stuff? Is that like panini a uh, panini bread, like the restaurant? Panini, <laughs> no, I it's think a, that's Panera. Panera bread that you're I'm looking sorry. for. Pressed, yeah, I'm pressed sorry. sandwich. Yeah, okay. P- panini is a. Um, yeah, you can old school panini press in a skillet, and then you put weight on top of it, and it's, so to really you got to have the, the lines though to to mm. really yeah. Because the restaurant I worked at, we had a panini press. We call it a so. spatula. Spatula. All right. You can, you can do that. Hey, by the way, um, you you uh, at the Chaffin's household, you all recently, haven't you done a kitchen remodel? Yes. Yeah? How'd that turn out? It went it – You're still married, so that's awesome. good. Yes. it was. We just did uh, – we replaced the countertops and, and the uh, backsplash. We put a backsplash up. Yeah. By the way, we wanted to pick your all's brain on your – did you go with the new sink that has the mesh thing Love over it. the top? Love it, it. It is a good move? Yes. All get right. it. Because we wondered that when we saw it. I was like, that it's got a cutting be. board on the sink, too, and you can you can like lift it open and still wash dishes, and I can cut it with it. It's awesome. That's I love brilliant. it. That's brilliant. All right, good. I picked out all the colors, design, and everything. Thanks for the recommendation. Not I appreciate really. that. Um, Sam, K105 Digital Productions is in action today. Is that yes, right? Yes. The uh, Cougar baseball team, they face Meade County. Today. Okay, so, for, so it's your first uh, baseball. It's game. your opener for Cougar baseball, at least uh, on K one hundred five Digital Productions. Uh, so the Cougs take on the Meade County Mullets. I know we're excited. Is the well, mullets? Are there still mullets? We we don't we don't know. That's, that story kind of went away as it was a it's a, it was a we're bringing it back tonight. It was a controversy. Sheriff, I said that because, you know, you obviously have, you know, British yes. uh, family members, as do I as well. As do That's I? where my ancestors, so I wanted to say, you know, con- controversy. Uh, but I've not heard anything about that recently since they uh, You're going to hear about it tonight at 5 o'clock, though. Do we have mullet cam? Do you have a do you have a uh, camera design we, to Brock's investigate the mullet? Of course, we're going to have. That's okay. that's going to be his main job. Cam. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I, there's more to this story. They said you can't wear a mullet. And play baseball at Meade County. So, did they shave the mullet? Did you hear or? about that? No. Uh, yeah, it was an actual. This made statewide news. Uh, Sheriff Chaffins, I saw you making a presentation on last Tuesday at the Grayson County Fiscal Court meeting, and you recognized a couple of officers. And I was, um, I, I was uh, impressed to the level that for those people who maybe didn't see the meeting. Or didn't see the subsequent story. Kind of, kind of uh, take us through what you did last Tuesday in recognizing a couple of important members of your team. Yeah, we had uh, we had a couple of deputies that we recognized. Uh, Deputy Rick Melbauer, of course. Uh, Rick's uh, he's retired Fish and Wildlife. Very uh, good dude. He's uh, he's older than me, and you can tell that by the photograph. But um, <laughs> he is he, he's been doing it for a long time, and for someone to work as hard as he does at at his age still. And, and and being in law enforcement 
is just incredible. And he has uh, he's he's a no nonsense guy. I mean, he has a, a, one of those dry sense of humor. It's it's funnier than somebody who has a good sense, good sense of humor. Right. But um, he he went to a call and uh, the lady when he got there, he was the first uh, responder that was there, and uh, she was unresponsive, wasn't breathing. And his training kicked in, and he performed uh, CPR. It was an overdose, and he performed CPR until EMTs got there. And, you know, and for him, it was no big deal because he was simply doing his job. And when EMTs arrived, she was breathing, so they didn't really know what happened before they got there other than he was given CPR and she and she had started breathing. So, um, you know, it wasn't until after we kind of, you know, found out what happened that, uh, you know, I thought it was something certainly that – we do on a regular basis and we you know my guys i know jared's done it before i know one guy in particular we've we've narcan to give him cpr on at least two other occasions and saved his life uh, but I, i'm going to try to start doing that a little bit more as far as recognizing all the good things that we're well, not all of we do that every day but the good things that he did a couple of things about uh rick and your telling of the story that left an impression upon me one I saw the comment was uh, the length of time that he performed CPR is quite heroic and outside of the norm. But you also said something uh, in the meeting, and I hope you don't mind me uh, mentioning here because I think it's important to people. The, the, some people who are cynical about things and would say, well, why do you keep giving second and third chances to people with, you know, with Narcan and saving them when they keep making the same decisions? And you said something to me that I thought was – you said something that I felt like you were saying to me, but you were saying to everyone, if it was your family member, you would want us to do the exact same thing. And I think I thought that was an important sentiment to share. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And that's I simply put it that way because we've – I have – we have given Narcan to somebody the third time. And there's a few out there that um, that have gone to rehab and have done better, and there's, they'll always be have that temptation there. But they're doing great, and they have jobs now. And and so you know, what if the fourth? What if it's the fourth time that they decide, hey, this is it. I've hit rock bottom. I need to do something different with my life. And there's been several that have gone along to do that. Now there's been some that haven't. But who are we to judge or, or decide who who gets Narcan and who doesn't? And when we get if, if you if you allow off police officers anyone EMTs doctors if you allow them that um, discretion to use Narcan and not use Narcan on somebody that may have had it ten times that's that's you're treading dangerous uh, territory right there not your decision to make exactly you know it was a tool it's that a you no, were given and it, you use it um, when you see fit no for it to, to me. be for it to be used I thought it was an important uh, comment. Uh, and goes to your character and your outlook, which is to, to be commended. So that was a life-saving award. But then your what, deputy of the year award, you also presented yep. Andy Vincent. Um, Andy's another one of the good deputies, and um, um, he simply, you know, we every year we try to give uh, uh, some accolades to deputies that go above and beyond. And and Andy's one of those. He doesn't ask questions as far as uh, he does his job. Now he does ask questions when he has a question about something, but. You know, I don't have to worry about him when he's out by himself or when he's doing his job, whether he's going to, you know, do something uh, um, out of character or do something immor- immoral. He does his job, and, and that that award was voted on by his peers, those that work with him alongside him and see what kind of character he has, and certainly uh, – he was well-deserved. Yeah, that was the thing that I thought was of note was that it's a peer-based award. It's not just you identifying someone and said, I think you're going to be our deputy of the year. It's something that his comrades 
um, have to decide upon, which I think probably means more, wouldn't you think? Yeah, that's, that's something, absolutely. I mean, we, you know, I, I work with Andy when we go to training and stuff, but I don't work alongside him every shift. And, uh, you know, it goes to show what kind of character he does have because it, he was voted on by his buddies that work with him. A couple of months ago, you launched a Grayson County's Most Wanted program or at least an additional dimension to your Grayson County's Most Wanted program. And it's been um, been highly successful in the first couple of months. Kind of explain your thoughts on how you all do that and kind of your thoughts uh, on, on how it's going 60 days in. Yeah, we've uh, this is the second month. I think we've done March. We did March and April. And I think in March we um, captured there were six or seven uh, people that were on our ten most wanted that we were able to bring in. And this month I think we've had two or three already just in the first couple of weeks of April. So um, it's you know it, you know it's doing its job. It's doing what it was intended for, and that's for the public to get involved and kind of let them see what what we're doing and looking into uh, looking into who we're looking for. So I, I was reminded last week, uh, and this really just kind of on the spur of the moment came to me, is that I understand that the court system is going to get back closer to a normal routine like a uh, grand jury at some point in time is going to have to uh, resume, which then creates you know additional uh, moves and, and work downstream for everyone involved in those proceedings. Over the last year, Sheriff, I know you've you've started focusing on things that were a little bit different than you might have normally. I won't say there was less paper to serve, but if the courts aren't operating at full uh, capacity, then there has to be, you know, less court-related stuff that you would do that your deputies are are uh, focused on. So I guess my question is this. In the vacuum that's been created over the last year, things that you all have been able to focus on, as the court system comes back online or spools up to greater capacity, back closer to normal are you all ready for the challenges involved? Like, do you have tough decisions to make on what we're going to focus on and what we don't have time to focus on? Yeah, we're, we know that in the next, in the coming months, that as things start to return back to normal, that we're going to be spending a lot more time in court. I mean, because they're so backed up right now. I mean, it's it's unbelievable how backed up they are as far as grand jury cases and things like that go. So, um, so we haven't been in court as much as we that normally have been. So we have done some different things. I know we mentioned it before was, um, you know, we, we're still doing medication deliveries for our citizens. We're still doing food deliveries. Uh, we're still, uh, you know, doing welfare checks, and we're, we're getting a lot of those as well. Um, so, you know, there's just – we're just going along with everything else that, uh, that's been going on with during this pandemic as far as having to do some things that we don't, don't normally do in law enforcement, and that's certainly some of them. But we know that court's coming up, and we're going to have to – uh, we're going to be spending a lot of overtime in court. What is the adage? Adapt and, and overcome. overcome, right? And uh, we've all been able to do that over the last year or so. So uh, thanks on the update, and uh, congrats to your uh, your people there on their awards. And Thank you. Much very well deserved. Uh, Norma Chaffin's Grayson County Sheriff is our guest co-host today. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. We're going to play uh, You Pick Trivia. and got other stuff to talk about today. Coming up here on In the Know. Some people never develop fingerprints. Would that make them really good criminals, Sheriff, if they didn't have uh, 
if they didn't have fingerprints, it would make it hard to hard to uh, be able to figure out if they committed a crime? Probably not, because there's very, very few people that don't have fingerprints. So if you actually found a print that was not a fingerprint, they might be easier to find. You ever look at it that way? Hmm. So it narrows down your suspect field. So if you, me, you, and Sam went out and committed a burglary and you put your thumbprint on there and uh, me and Sam had fingerprints and you didn't, we'd know it was you that committed the burglary. Huh. Okay. This is true. But... If I didn't, if I didn't leave a print of any kind, how would you? How would other people know I was even there? Because you're, you're going to rat me out. Because you, you still have oil on your on your uh, oh, on your fingerprints and your pores and your skin. Okay, so does that oil have DNA in it? Yes, you, sir. Oh, it's called, it's called touch DNA. Cops and robbers. He's just always st- trying to stay a half a step ahead. Learn something then, new every day. And then you get <laughs> and then you get caught. Is absolutely. See, I think the sheriff just uh, showcased why he's in law enforcement and. I'm not because he knows all those uh, all those cool things. We're going to play you pick trivia. Give you a chance to prove that you're the smartest person around the water cooler. Now, all these questions won't have to do with law enforcement, so the sheriff may, might be vulnerable. Because I know he knows everything about law enforcement, but that doesn't mean he knows everything about everything. Even though he tries to tell you that he does. Now, Sam, I realize you have answer. You have access to the answer key. I have key. not looked. I, so I will trust that you are that I, you're I on the honor system. I can't lie when when the sheriff's here. So. You know, look it up. That's right. There'll be isn't, some. Isn't that against the rule? <laughs> there's no. no there's no lying to the sheriff. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a rule. Yeah. As a matter of fact, no one ever lies to you, right? No. I it, wish somebody would. <laughs> we need to put that out a little bit more because I think it was the sheriff who told me there was no lying to the sheriff, and yeah. now. I've been, I feel like I've been duped. Uh, here's question number one on today's You Pick Trivia. What was John Travolta's name in the movie Pulp Fiction? What was John Travolta's name in the movie Pulp Fiction? Was it Tony Monero, Danny Zuko, Vincent Vega, or Vinny Barbarino? Was it Tony Monero, Danny Zuko, Vincent Vega, or Vinny Barbarino, what was John Travolta's name in Pulp Fiction? You can use deductive reasoning, even if you don't know what it is. The others might help you figure it out. Didn't help you, Sam? A little bit before my time. You've you've never heard about a Royale with cheese? No. That's what they call a quarter pounder in, I think it's France. The Royale with cheese. I'll just call it a quarter pounder. Yeah, no, I... Well, if you go to France, they won't know what you're talking about. You say quarter pounder. I had a light go out over there. That must mean you don't have the answer to the question. Normally, a light bulb comes on when you do have the answer to the the question. I just went with what my counselor in elementary school said when you don't know the answer. You went with D. No. Oh, Okay. Uh, Sheriff Chaffins, what was John Travolta's name in the movie Pulp Fiction? Tony Monero, Danny Zuko, Vincent Vega, or Vinnie Barbarino? Well, I know it wasn't Vinnie Barbarino. Okay, and why do you know that? Because that was uh, that was a sitcom that he was. That was the name of his one. He was. In That's sitcom. right. That was his name on Welcome Back, Carter. Carter yeah. Okay, so, so you've eliminated I went, one. I went with Vincent Vega because I don't. Vincent I, Vega. I didn't That's see Pulp C. Fiction. That is C. That is also what I went with. That's C also, never fails. That's also what you went with. Well, congratulations to the two of you because C is correct. Tony Monero is his character in Saturday Night Fever. Danny Zuko is his character in Grease. Vinny Barbarino is in Welcome Back, Cotter. That means Vincent Vega is from Pulp Fiction. Uh, question number two, what strait separates Russia 
and Alaska. What strait separates Russia and Alaska? Is it the Strait of Magellan, the Bering Strait, the Dire Strait, or George Strait? <laughs> what strait separates Russia and Alaska? Is it the Strait of Magellan, the Bering Strait, the Dire Strait, the George Strait, or the Sarah Palin Strait? <laughs> I can see a, I can see Russia from my yard. Your Sarah Palin's really good. Your Thank impression. You. I worked on her very hard. Sounds just like her. <laughs> I think I'm just doing Tina Fey doing Sarah Palin. <laughs> All right. Are your answers locked in? I'm locked. Sheriff, don't. I hope you didn't say locked George Locked and loaded. Did you say George Strait? Yeah. Oh, wait. It's Sam's turn to go first. Sam, is it uh, Strait of Magellan, Bering Strait, Dire Strait, or George Strait? I think I'm wrong, but the first that popped in my head before you even said the answers was A, Magellan. You said Strait of Magellan. Sheriff, yes. what did you say? I had Magellan as well. You said Magellan. The both of you are? It's Bering. It? it is the Bering Strait is the separator between Russia and Alaska. Uh, question number three, what building feature is banned in Vancouver, British Columbia. What building feature is banned in Vancouver, British Columbia? Is it A, doorknobs, B, elevators, C, shingles, or D, windows? Doorknobs, elevators, shingles, or windows? Building feature banned in Vancouver, can I, British Columbia. Can I phone Columbia. a friend on this? Is this an option? <laughs> um we really don't have time for it, but if you were going to phone a friend... My, my older brother's an architect, so I felt like maybe... May, I mean, if anyone would know this, it would potentially so he's be he's a him. successful one of the bunch. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Is he Canadian by any chance? <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. But. So, he, I mean, he might know about architecture in the United States, but if he doesn't have some type of... Well, he toured Europe. Isn't that somewhat like Vancouver? With a backpack? Yeah, no, yeah, he, he did. He went backpacking across Europe. Yeah, he spent like six months there. All right, Sheriff, what building feature is banned in Vancouver, British Columbia? Is it A, doorknobs, B, elevators, C, shingles, or D, windows? Well, I went with shingles at first, but then I changed it to doorknobs. You went to doorknobs. Sam, what did you say? I went with shingles. You went with shingles. If you said doorknobs, you are correct. Doorknob. So, what does that mean? Is there a difference between a doorknob and a door latch? Like, how do they probably push bars? How do they? Is it those pocket doors, or you know, like they don't have doorknobs on them? They come through and they have a latch. But yet again, the Canadians do it differently, and I can't figure it out. But uh, no doorknobs in Vancouver, British Columbia, and I don't know why. I have a feeling Sam will look that up during the break, though. You are correct. we got to get to a break. We'll come back, finish it up. That point to ponder, pearl of wisdom, chart toppers, and more ahead here on In the Know. MB's point to ponder for today. What is the dumbest question you've ever been asked at work? Now, when this ponderance came to me, I thought the sheriff would probably have an entire book written of dumb questions you've been asked because at work for you is mostly anywhere. So at the premise of what's the dumbest question that you've ever been asked at work, is that nearly an impossible task to identify the dumbest? Well, actually, you, when you said at work, I, <laughs> I was thinking the dumbest question. I, I can tell you what the dumbest question is. Well, not the dumbest. Um, 
But anyway, the there was a show that was on. There was a show that was on, and there was a, a tiger that was that had uh, got into, I guess, some turtle eggs or something. It, it, I don't know what it was. It was eating some type of egg, and the other person looked had this confused look on her face. Why is that tiger eating his young? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I can't share with you. I was going to say who asked that question. Did you, yeah, I can't. This share. was I, at I, work. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's solid. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I can't uh, share Sam, uh, do you feel somewhat ill-equipped to answer this question because the dumbest question might have come from me? Uh, can Can I just go with the one that I'm sure comes to your mind as well? Is Can I have a T-shirt? Oh, yeah, that's... Um, it's one that we get a lot. What are you giving away? That is a fatiguing question, yes. Yeah, I don't know if it's a dumb uh, it's, question. It's, it's, it's probably fatiguing, fatiguing would probably be the, the right way now, to I'm describe it. I'm going to tell you, when I thought of this, I, I thought I knew the dumbest question. Because we used to get a call here that someone was asking for the timature. I've shared this before. The timature. And I thought, well, that's a dumb that's a dumb thing to ask. Are you asking for the time or are you asking for the temperature? Because we get calls for both. But someone said, what's the timature? And I thought, that's dumb. And then I realized that might be brilliant because it may be an efficient way of asking for the time and the temperature. And rather than wasting syllables and asking the question, I should have known, well, it's uh, it's uh, 10 o'clock and it's uh, 78 degrees. I think of Kevin Malone in the office. Why, why say more words when <laughs> less words mean more or whatever he says? Kind of what I thought, but... <laughs> That's probably not the dumbest question, but uh, it's one that uh, it's one that came to mind. Um, we mentioned English ancestry a moment ago. The um, Prince Philip passed away, and so I'm reading this morning that the Duke of Edinburgh. So you can tell that we're a little bit British because we now don't say Edinburgh; we have to say Edinburgh. The Duke of Edinburgh title is going to Prince Charles. So can we take that to mean that Charles is not going to be King Charles? No, he's next in line. He's next in line, but there's been well, some that speculation that they're just going to go straight to William. Charles is is not necessarily the most popular. No, he's, he's definitely... That's probably a, a nice way of putting def- it. Definitely not. They, they don't necessarily like him there. I don't get all. I, I really. I mean, I've got ancestors there. So why wasn't Charles the king in the first place? Because uh, because the queen has lived so long. You know, she's ninety five, two ninety five, something like that, something in that range. I thought she was eight years younger than Philip, and Philip would have been a hundred in uh, in a few weeks. So a lot of times, so the monarchs typically don't live into their nineties. But now that Charles is so old. That you know, he's it means he's probably seventy three, seventy four. So be ninety five in two weeks. All right. So I guess there was some speculation that in a modern monarchy, they may just go straight to Will when she passes. Which so why do they have to give that title to someone? Is my question. So why wasn't he the king if she was the queen? Because she is from the royal lineage, but now. Interesting thing about Prince Philip, he's actually more royal than she is because he has royalty in both bloodlines, but she was in line for the throne from her father. Oh. So. Yeah, and Philip is her son. We should do a whole show on the British accent, Mark. 
Charles is her son. Charles. Philip is Charles, her husband, yes, the, sorry, the royal consort. Charles, yes. We should do an entire show what? And with a British accent. Okay. I'll need to practice. But. <laughs> uh, I also like the way that they say aluminum. They don't mm-hmm. say aluminum. Aluminium. They say aluminium. Aluminium. And see, for, for me, with my grandfather being British, it's so much of it I'm just used to mm-hmm. when you're hearing him yeah, when, when he would talk. Really yeah, no, it doesn't. On television tonight, uh, I voted ten times for Alyssa Ray last night on American Idol, so... I hope she gets through and continues to get through. And then America's Most Wanted on the season one finale on Fox. America's Most Wanted. They don't have anything on Grayson County's no, Most Wanted. Hey, no. <laughs> Not even close. Not even a contest. Today's highlight in history, this date, 1945, President Franklin D. Roosevelt died of a cerebral hemorrhage in Georgia at age 63. In 1861, the Civil War began as Confederate forces opened fire on Fort Sumter in South Carolina. The polio vaccine was declared safe and effective this date in 1955. Uh, Yeah, that was a game changer for uh, a lot of Americans. Birthdays today. Herbie Hancock is 81. Ed O'Neill is 75 today. So, Ed O'Neill, you either know him from Modern Family or you know him as Al Bundy from Married with Children. Dan Laria is 74 today. You might know him as Kevin Arnold's dad on The Wonder Years. David Letterman is 74. Scott Turow is 72. Andy Garcia is 65. Vince Gill is 64. Shannon Doherty is 50 today. Brenda from 90210. Claire Danes is 42. Brooklyn Decker is 34 today. And Sersa Ronan is 27. Who? She's an Irish actor. How do you feel about the Irish being of... British well, Heritage. my Gormley okay? is Irish. Oh, yeah. Gormley. So yeah, it's very Irish. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Henry Clay, born in 1777. Chart toppers. Sheriff, can you just sing the chart toppers? Uh, That's probably not going to happen, Mark. I'm just going to be honest with you. This is because you can't sing or you won't sing? Uh, I cannot sing. Uh, I can lip sync really well. I always wondered when Take Note was performing and they needed a narrator that they gave you gave you the narration part and not the singing part. Yes, that's because I don't even think there was an audition. I think they just knew I couldn't sing about <laughs> my looks. Uh, does that run in the law enforcement? Uh, because I remember Barney Fife couldn't sing very well. Ooh, uh, yeah, that's real funny, Mark. I, I, I used to just put right up there with Barney. I see what you're saying. I was just asking a question. I know what you were asking. I know why you were asking. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Jim Reeves was number one in 1960. I'll tell the man to turn the jukebox way down low. This makes me want to have an afternoon snack after getting home from school while watching, you know, what's happening or some sitcom or Little House on the Prairie or something. Slow. <clears throat> a little slow, absolutely. Blood, Sweat, and Tears was number one in 1969 with You've Made Me So Very Happy. And let's go to, what, 1978. We made reference to it earlier. Oh, yeah. From the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. The BG's number one was staying alive. 
Aretha Franklin, George Michael, I knew you were waiting for me in 87. Coolio, one, two, three, four, number one in 96. Kelly Clarkson, since you've been gone in 05. And Dark Horse, Katy Perry in 2014. All right. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Sheriff, thank you for coming in. My pleasure. I know you've had a busy, for busy morning and a lot going on, and it's uh, always good to get caught up. I know a lot of times you're here when I'm not here, so the uh, it's good to, good to see you and work with you on the show if you call this work, which probably doesn't pass muster for what many people consider work. Sam has large shoes to fill when he takes your place. <laughs> oh, no doubt. Just because they <laughs> have big feet and have stretched them out. That's the only reason. Uh, MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Your first child teaches you how long the days are your last child teaches you how short the years are your first child teaches you how long the days are your last child teaches you how short the years are mb's pearl of wisdom for today look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow for another edition of our show for sam gormley for norman chaffins i'm mb and now you're in the know powered by